Uh, hey, everybody, this is Scooter. Great way, the number one way to help the podcast is just let somebody else know your honest experience or feelings about the podcast, whether it's your friends, your neighbors, or there's just a ton of press coverage lately about sleep-related music and books and all that stuff. So if you if you if you can take the time to share your honest experience and a comment on any sleep related articles or any other sleep sleep related stuff you see, but just your don't spam. Just use your your honest honest experience. That's going to help other people find out about this podcast. Help them sleep. And you know we're we're building this thing hopefully into something uh, sustainable. You know in long long term. You know that's going to be here for everybody. So uh, thanks for your support. And uh, spread the word. That's all I'm asking. Thanks. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to create a safe place. I'm going to send my voice via via the zeros and ones across the deep dark night. Extend my hand, extend my voice, and say, hey, come join me in this safe place. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain, whatever's cranking in, in three main spots. When I hear from people, it's your brain, uh, number one, body, number two, people with either chronic pain or temporary pain issues, uh, or your emotions, number three. And, and that's not an order of importance, obviously. Some people, it's uh, all three. Some people, it's just one. And you're just having a temporary bump. Some people, you know, as I said, the Christmas examples are great. You, you got something big and exciting coming up. And you need to be distracted from that. So whatever it is, I'm going to try to distract you from it. And the way I'm going to do it tonight is I'm going to talk about Metastasis, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. And I watched the episode. I'm going to, well, I watched episode one, so I'm going to talk about the first time I watched it, the notes I took. Then I watched the parallel or the corresponding episode of Breaking Bad, took some notes at that. Then I watched Metastasis again. Now, Metastasis in Spanish. I don't speak much Spanish, but much, you know, I guess more, I now speak more than, I, can, I can't say I don't speak any, but I couldn't tell you what barely is in Spanish. So I can't say, you know, I can't, I'm not even positive of speak, to be honest. I'd have to pause and think about it for a while. So the third time I watched the episode again, Metastasis, but I watched with the subtitles, and I said, okay, let's learn some words, let's write some down. And then I looked the words up, and, you know, I said, geez, what else did we notice? You know, what else can we talk about? But I use a lulling, soothing tones when I discuss it. And if this is your first time here or your 50th time here, you're like, well, geez, that sounds, I'm curious to hear hear how this guy does it, but it doesn't exactly sound gripping at the same time. Uh, so you ha- do you have a unique uh, uh, viewpoint, uh, cultural, social, political, about Breaking Bad? Uh, no. Do you have, uh, you know, background in media, media criticism, or a knowledge of, uh, you know, metaphors, or, you know, are you Vince Gilligan's, you know, best friend from grammar, any, no, none of those things. 
Uh, do you have a unique insight into the human condition that could be related to the journey of Walter White and Walter Blanco and, you know, other, you know, like an intellectual way of viewing it? No, I'd say unique, unique maybe. Human, I'm, I'm, I'm human, so I do suffer from the human condition. Uh, but the rest of that stuff you said, I, I wasn't sure I really understood it, so no, we'll, we'll just say no. Uh, but I'll tell you what, but you know, I, I tell you what, and this, I don't mean to shame you or accuse you of anything. You sound like the kind of brain that when you let, let me, let me ask you this brain, part of somebody's brain that's talking to me, probably mine, but it could be, you know, a relatable part of my brain that somebody else might identify with. Uh, sorry, sorry, you got quiet there. Well, I just, yeah, you didn't, usually you shame me, so. Okay, yeah, like I said, I'm not shaming you, but you, you know, you, you seem like you had a lot of concerns about what I'm going to be doing here. Uh, does it feel like a lot of these concerns crop up about bedtime about, uh, you know, this guy that's running the show's inadequacy in all those arenas, socioeconomic, you know, all those? Uh, yes, and are you trying to protect this guy from all his uh, shortcomings in the cold, cruel world out there? Yeah, kind of, I think I am. And does it get real stressful you at bedtime because it's all quiet and you want to figure out the solutions to all his problems? Yeah, yeah, you're right about it. And, and do you find, and I mean this in the most gray area, open source sense of the meaning. I don't think open source. I wish I could open source my brain. But uh, like, do you find that you maybe just don't have all the tools that you would need to protect this said person? Like you you can't 100% accurately predict the future. It would be nice for you, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I just usually use shorthand that the future is going to be not so great or a lot worse than that. And I make most of the, you know, things I tell them at bedtime based on that. Well, geez, that's great because this is a really constructive conversation we're having with each other. But basically what I'm going to do here for you and for all, everything else out there is that you, you like these lulling, soothing tones I'm using with you, this kind, uh, you know, trying, you know, I, I don't find myself full of compassion or empathy, but I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to have a little empathy for you, whatever part of the brain you want to call it. Do, do you have a name? Well, it's funny you should ask because, you know, they, they have a lot of names. I'd like to be Bad Brains, you know, like the band. Well, you, yeah, the group, I guess they wouldn't call themselves a bit, well, bad brains, eh? Well, that's, uh, or bad brain. Bad brains? Yeah, just call me bad brains. I know it's plural, but uh, he makes it crazier, huh? Well, hey, bad brains, I'll tell you what, why don't you go lie down over there? You listen to me. You you, you run security back there. But I'll tell you what, with my lulling, something about my lulling, soothing tones... They tend to keep security on the down, you know, the lower level. So you can just kick back. Why don't you take your shoes? Are those shoes you're wearing? Yeah, these are bad brain. you know, bad shoes because I'm bad brains. Well, that's great, bad brains. So just kick back. I'm going to talk about these shows. And I'm going to, try, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to take your hand and everyone else's hand. And together our little campsite here is going to transport us through those gates across whatever the realms of consciousness or whatever. You know, you're in charge of those big words, but we don't need them right now. And ideally, they'll carry us over into dreamland, and, and, you know, the person you're in charge of will be just fine. You know, my lulling, soothing tones will keep them safe tonight.
or what technically they won't, I know because I saw you getting agitated there because that was the technicality, and you got me on it. You nailed me. And you know, bad brains, that was a test. I just wanted to make sure, you know, I said, well, kick back, but I know you're, you're secure. This person's secure, and your security attempt to keep them secure. But I'm, you know, I'm a different kind of security person. I'm the kind that says, well, like I work for the company that's, I guess, well, that's, a, we don't have time for a whole nother metaphor. But, but I'll tell you what, I'll be doing my best using the law, distracting all you guys so you won't get rested. So tomorrow, when your humans got to go out there in that world, you know, work, life, waking up stuff, uh, but, you know, th- then you'll be ready to help them. You'll be rested because I want you at your best, too, bad brains. And so, uh, how's that sound? How's that? And, and you know what? You don't have to like it, bad brains. Just give it a shot tonight. What do you think about that? And I can promise you, I'll do a little bit of silly stuff just for you. I don't know if I'll remember to say bad brains. Uh, bad brains, do you, what would you think about having a puppy named Bad Brains, too? You could say, oh, bad brains. Come here, bad brains. Oh, bad brains. Like, do you guys, do you brain, brain, brain parts have uh, uh, pets? Oh, I think Bad Brains is uh, in some sort of fugue state. Uh, you know, like a sleep mode where he, 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 it, I guess it's more of an it, I don't want to, uh, but, but Bad Brains is, you know, we'll sleep, but why, you know, kind of like a motion detector. So we'll just, so that's how the podcast works. I just used it, an uh, example by accident. Uh, which is uh, uh, how these new openings usually work, because my brain has a plethora of uh, different watchful, uh, isn't there a watchful housemaster or something? I don't know. You know, different things that are, uh, when, I, when I go to bed, they get all irritable. You're irritable, I know. Don't worry, bad brains. I, I corrected myself. Uh, so that's that's the package. You know, first couple times here, you might be like, what in the hell? And that's a perfectly legitimate, normal reaction. Uh, you might be skeptical at hell, as hell, or I'd be skeptical at hell. I wonder if that gets you in a deeper level. Oh, you're skeptical? Bring them downstairs, boys. Oh, boy, I better get this skepticism out of my system before I go down there. Uh, sorry, I get distracted there. And now I can't get, you know, skepticism about hell... Extra punishments in hell because I'm skeptical about hell. Oh, boy. But, you know, I'm going to just try to distract myself from that and keep going with this story. But this is your first time here. This is what you can expect. I'm, I'm not a guru, not a sleep expert, uh, not a meditator. Well, I try, I'm testing out. I mean, I'm not, not a guided meditator, you know, mediator of meditation, definitely not. No science background. You know, except for, chem, you know, chemistry kit when I was little. You know, I'm probably one of the reasons they banned a lot of those ingredients in there. So that's it. But the ingredients tonight, I'm going to use long soothing tones, pointless meanders, wings of pointlessness. I got those uh, extended and uh, gently waving. If you could just watch those gently wave. Uh, vestigical wings, maybe, because I'm not positive what that means. They always say tail. 
They're just gently, but they're pointless. They, they, and you say, well, does that mean they can't fly? I, I can't tell you that because it'd uh, take me forever to explain it. Uh, but the key message I want to tell you is I'm glad you're here. And I do hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. I'd say most, if not almost all, our episodes are on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. But if you can't find something, it'll be on our website and download it free, no problem. If you want to hear, you know, the evolution of dullness from the beginning. I guess it, so you see, he thinks the podcast has evolved, honey. Well, I mean, anyway, let's, uh, that, that little break there was brought to you by my uh, internal critic. Who's been making appearances? I'd rather have. I don't know what happened to Nana. She must be on some sort of vacation. Okay, so we're on the web. Uh, you can get a hold of me. Comment on the website. Feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. Uh, quickest way is uh, at Dear Scooter on Twitter or feedback or uh, Facebook. Feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. That comes the uh, email, but Facebook I think it's Sleep With Me Podcast. That's where I post bloopers. And I'll tell you what, this is Sunday, so tomorrow, I don't know what episode it is, but there's a blooper of me singing Let It Go and telling a personal story about Les Mis. And I still haven't determined if it's the author of Let It Go. So listen to that story. It'll be up on at some point on Monday. And then the bloopers from this episode will be up at some point. You know, inconsistently, I, I post them, but, you know, I do my best. And this is like the blooper pitch, which I shouldn't be pitching because it's terribly embarrassing. But uh, you also get like, if you listen to bloopers, you actually hear what goes on behind the show, which then you probably be like, well, geez, am I a mandatory reporter? Do This isn't a, maybe, you know, to the, you know, the National Journal of Oddities, are you a mandatory reporter for them? Yeah, because then you probably have to call that in. Okay, so that's Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I want to say thanks to Chris Posty Foster, Sounds Like an Earful, who does our music. Scotty and Jennifer, on our honor, on our artwork. Lord and Lady of the Podcast, haven't heard from them in a while, but they rule, you know, in absentia or whatever you say, but they're, st- they're still in charge, though, even though their uh, silent rule is the best rule a lot of times. And then they have the defrenestrator, who hopefully hasn't taken over, and we just haven't gotten back to the old country to find out the... Uh, Defrenestrators defrenestrated our Lord and Lady. But I like the defrenestrator, Nick Van Corfina. I'm sorry. We have a Facebook group, like kind of like an unofficial Facebook group, because there's no, you know, official, you know, like, hey, you got to pay or some crap like that. Just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N O D S. That'll take you to the Facebook group, and then you just, uh, you click that you want to join. And then one of our great moderators, Laura, Jennifer B., Julie C., Rachel L. G., and Lida Lie will get a hold of you and let you in there. And then you can talk sleep stuff with people. Uh, okay, that. Oh, Sleep to Strange is launched. So that's on uh, Monday night and Wednesday night. And that's going to be going strong. I, I have next week's. I think I have the next two weeks already ready to go. Maybe just next week's. But uh, that's episodes without. Uh, uh, intros, but it gives you something on two more nights a week just in case you need it. I mean, this is a primary podcast because, you know, I do housekeeping. Or, you know, if you don't like the intros or you say, geez, I, I want to be more disoriented than just, you know, uh, you say, geez, check that out. 
And if you're on, if you use an iPhone or iTunes, it's sleep to uh, sleep to me podcast.com slash strange. And if you use an Android phone, it's sleep to me podcast.com slash strange Android. And we're just kicking off that show. So if you can do me a huge favor and review and rate that on iTunes, if you do sign up, that would be excellent. Uh, for that, I want to thank Megan, Megan for the emails. I want to thank over on Twitter for Lady Broad, Graham, Mark, Sandy, Eve, Alex, Eli, uh, for the support over on Facebook, Justin, Caleb, Chris, and Laura, Julie, Carrie, Elizabeth, GP, and then I thank Robin and Molly for the comments. I want to thank all of you that reached out to me over the past two weeks with words of encouragement or inspiration. And I'm, I honestly am taking it all to heart, and, and uh, you know, so thank you so much. And I think that's it. Let's get, I think that's it. That's all I have here. I don't think there was any new iTunes reviews. If you want to review the podcast, leave me podcast.com slash iTunes, and that's it. All right, so we're starting off talking about episode uh, 13 of Metastasis, B.U. Boo. And it starts off with Jose standing. He's where I said, are those Air Jordans? He's tapping his foot so he couldn't help but know. And I said, he looks like he's wearing Air Jordans. He also looks worried. He's also wearing a Grim Reaper T-shirt. Uh, there's a you know some sort of a, a friendly uh, cartoon like a, a beetle that says you know kind of like Beetle Bailey. I, I don't know Beetle Bailey may have been a human. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure he was a human. But this is like a good beetle that says "Hey Jose," and then Sweaty Mohawk shows up, uh, whose name on this show I can never remember. But he he's Sweaty Mohawk to me. He'll always be. And he, what do you say, don't shirt. I think that's what it is. Uh, sweaty Mog shows up, don't shirt, or don't something, S-H, uh, or sh- well, something. And then he shows a note to Jose. Jose can't really read it or understand it or something. And I also put that this scene, or the parts of the early part of the scene especially, they look really good in HD. And so I don't know if they got a little bit more money for this episode or I was just paying a little more attention. But there's a couple other close-ups in this episode where I said, wow, uh, did they have more money to make? Did they get a little bit more money for production or or something? It looked really good. And this metastasis already looked good, so it's not like it was. uh, So I don't know. Uh, but then Sweaty Mohawk's kind of laughing at Jose. Jose uh, not to, I said, is he not taking him serious? And then Jose's like, all right, I'll deal with things. He gets high. He's waiting. He's watching. He's watching a garage. Then he gets ready. Is that a put garage? And then the opening of the show comes, and then Jose's at a gate. It's locked. He goes over. He drops his deadbolt. Which I said, geez, he's not hes not going to be locksmithing anything without that. But then I, I guess he, he dropped it on purpose. At first I thought it was like a, well, that would have been a spoiler, I mean, telling you that now. But, uh, but then he throws it over, and then there's some uh, graffiti on the door. 
and maybe I'll remember to take a, a screenshot of it, but it's not written in English or Spanish, but symbols. But it looks a little bit like it says Oshkosh, and I'm not joking here. Uh, I got a K-A-S-H, it looks like, and maybe a V-A, which could be, you know, short for Ash, uh, Oshkosh. And then Jose knocks on the door, just like a cop would, he yells... And then a woman or, like, a girl in a red uh, Girl Scout-looking outfit comes and hands him a flyer. And that was, like, uncomfortable because Jose was, like, acting like he was a cop or a burglar. Then he knocks again. The door opens. The house is full of junk, a giant, one of those giant water bottles that you'd have on a, you know, a soccer ball. And at first he's like, well, no one's home, but then a little kid's there, uh, uh, Slightly older than a toddler. In, in in his PJs, he's watching a TV show about cooking with tomato paste, I think. I said, is that how to make tomato paste? Is that they cooking with tomato paste? And the kid's like, you know, like, man, this is a, war- a repeat. And the Jose's kind of grilling. He's like, hey, is anybody home? And the kid kind of ignores him, a little bit catatonic the kid is. And then Jose tries to change. He says, you don't want to watch this about tomato paste, especially if it's a repeat spoiler. They're making a tomato-based sauce. And the kid's like, thanks for nothing, man. But it ends up that's you. And then Jose's like, oh, it's the only channel that works. And the kid's like, oh, that didn't, that part didn't happen with anything about the tomato. There was tomato paste, though. Then we're at Waltz. Yellow comes home. She sighs. Uh, she listens to messages uh, she, on the uh, what are you, answering machine. That was something that used to take voicemails, a separate unit you needed. And she's got one bag of groceries. It looks like really giant lemons. And a call. then a call comes in. It's Marcella. Oh, Mar- Marcella calls, starts to leave, I put. Oh, she starts to leave a message for Walt. Cielo uh, talks to her. Uh, something about a lot of plata money, plata stacks. And then we have a back and forth between them where Marcella's kind of listening. And I noticed, I said, why, I wrote this, why do rich people always, like, listen to phone calls from second floor balconies? Because Marcella's, like, standing on the second floor balcony of her house. And she's got one of those balconies that looks down at the, you know, the great, they usually call it the great room a lot of times, I think. But, you know, she, I don't know, what's up with that? You know, why are you guys always talking? She's like leaning out over the balcony. It didn't look comfortable. If I was rich, I'd be in like my zero gravity chair like Jesse was talking about. Or my couch, you know, feeding grapes to my, you know, having someone pay to feed me grapes or a volunteer or an intern. And drinking grape soda for sure, as somebody joked, you know, but for sure. I mean, unless I needed, you know, unless I was rich because I, I needed, and I'd say, well, no more grape soda yet because, you know, I need the, uh, the money maker, whatever that would be. Because grape soda, whatever your money maker is, if it's your body, your brain, your heart, your energy, you know, grape soda's not good for any of that, unfortunately. You know, the only moneymaker it is is for, well, I don't even think grape soda's a profit center for soda companies. 
so just a, just a distraction maker. So actually, it'd be perfect for this podcast. Uh, grape soda, the official soda of this podcast. Grape soda. Uh, thank you. I want to say a special thanks to Grape Soda for making this episode possible. That turns out a weight issue and grape soda cause a sleepless night. So uh, too bad I took it. Oh wait, I didn't take any money from grape soda. Uh, but maybe one day, you know. But anyway, rich people, second floor balconies. But Ciela keeps thanking her, but saying, "Hey, don't say anything. I just want to talk." And then Marcel's like, "Hey, maybe we should grab coffee." Uh, then Walt's at school. He's back teaching. He's bald. Uh, there was a kid that looked like a bird, a bird-looking, a bird-like student, male student, I think. I thought we were going to come back to him, but that was the only note I had on him. Like kids are nodding while Walt's talking. I own a bird-like kid just chewing, not chewing on a pen cap. Maybe that was another kid, but he had the pen cap in his mouth. Walt strolls the classroom, goes over to the periodic table, starts talking about carbon. And I said, have those guys been calling me a cabron or carbon the whole time? I don't know, uh, because they're pronounced differently. Uh, principal shows up, uh, and Walt kind of talks about her being her carbon makeup. I mean, her, you know, physical makeup, not on, um, her being a carbon-based, uh, you know, life form. And she watches and listens, and Walt starts talking about Tracy Hall. He writes that on the board. The students are really paying attention. There's nice close-ups of Walt here again where I'm like, oh, was it, did the budget go up? Or was I just wide, you know, I change Internet service providers. That honestly could be it, that uh, I'm getting a better signal, even though it's still both were through the Ethernet. But it could be that simple. Uh, but Walt is all serious. The principal is like, why? Hey, what, where is he going with this? And the students just stare, and then Walt starts talking about money and carbon. He's really irritable. Class ends. Yeah, the principal's like, hey, can we talk? She kind of checks in on him. I think she says she likes his bald head look. And then something gets said, and the bad music, like the bad news music starts playing. Uh, and she looks away from him. Walt clasps his hands, but I couldn't figure it out. But then it seemed like it ended well. Uh, then we have a dude on a skateboard. He says, Ciao, Morgan. Morgan. Hey, hey, Morgan. No, not Mor Morgan. Morgan, I think that's it. And Walt and Walt Jr. laugh. And then Walt's acting all passive-aggressive. He's got a nice black jacket on. Walt Sr. does. And then there's a flyer on Walt's car. And he grabbed it real quick. I said, does someone know his secret? Is this uh, some sort of mystery I forgot about? And then we have Jose Miguel with the kid. They're eating. Jose tries to connect with the kid, plays peekaboo. He gets a laugh. Then the parents come home. Jose busts them. He says, hey, guys, you're in trouble. You know, we need to talk about your parenting and the fact that you, you borrowed some money from Sweaty Mohawk without his permission. Uh, then we have Walt Morgan in their car. They're talking. Walt's making some sort of point about his cabeza or something, and Morgan's not sure. And then all of a sudden he likes the idea. And they get home. There's a real nice car in the driveway. And then there's a, on there, there's a lab day atomic sticker.
And we're like, oh. And Cielo and Marcel are inside, and Cielo introduces Morgan, the former Walt Jr. And Walt is act, do, really acting up a storm. And then she's like, hey, you don't look bad. And then Walt Jr. wants to thank her, really uh, big-hearted. And then Cielo even gets more heartfelt. And then Marcel's like, I got to get the hell out of here. Uh, I, I said, I got to go radar, maybe? I don't know why I wrote that. And then Walt tries, oh, no, Walt tries to follow her. That triggers Cielo's radar. She's like, what? But Walt runs after Marcella. And then Walt tries to, like, uh, lay some, like, stay calm little shit on her. Like, total BS. Uh, it starts raining and she drives off. Uh, then we have uh, 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 Jose with the uh, addicts, the parents who are, and he's saying, Gaia say, and then he says, you take off your shoes, let's, uh, you know, let me, let me take, let me take these drugs off your hands so you don't do them. And they're like, well, we smoked all the drugs we borrowed from Sweaty Mohawk. And he, he he's like, I don't believe it. And they're all laughing. And there's like these crazy close-ups of these people. And cackling of the, the, the woman. And it was like, I put Terry Gilliam level of cackling. So if that kind of stuff bothers you, I wouldn't rewatch this part of the episode. Like extreme, strange laughing. Like almost like a... A Terry Gilliam movie. I just said, Jesus, this is like Terry Gilliam. I said to myself, this laughing reminds me of a strange uh, laughing of a Terry Gilliam movie is what I said. Like when I was thinking about the laughing. And I said, what is this room? I said, oh, Terry Gilliam laughing. I just overdid that. But uh, then uh, they search everything. They blame each other. There's a lot of comedy here in Breaking Bad and the metastasis between this couple. Uh, the kid comes out, Espacio, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we got an ATM here. We're trying to get it open. We accidentally locked our own money in there. Strangest thing. And then we have more close-ups of the woman, Terry Gilliam style. And then we see, you know, where, you know how their money got stuck in the ATM, where that happened. And then the, the the male is trying to break into it with a sledgehammer, and then him and his wife or his girlfriend, they can't get along. Jose's just not happy about this kid. He's like, geez, you guys you guys can't, you're, you know, you're addicted. You can't even keep your money out of ATM. You're supposed to get money out of the ATM, not put it in there. He says, Abra say... Uh, he talks about uh, food, you know, getting these kids some, you know, more nutritious food. And then Jose's like, I'll, I'll get your money out of the ATM. So he takes over, tries to break in, time passes. And then this was a disorienting episode because we're at a white, and the next episode is like a white tablecloth restaurant with a double-decker bus. Ah, but there's a double-decker bus and uh, Walt and Marcel are eating there. But Wall has the same jacket on as before, but I said, is this a flashback? Or is this present day? Are they in France? Are they in London? 
but she and also she was wearing and I this is my exact wording she has strange rich person jacket on it was a strange one it had some sort of fake it was a weirdest jacket only a, and I'll talk more about it but it was the only rich person could wear it uh probably cost a year's salary for most of us uh, there's also some kind of jazz porny music playing. And then I put her jacket as uh, my my I put fuzzy neck. It probably meant fuzzy neck, but almost like an animal fur. But it was also a jean jacket, and then also had like these strange letters in some different color jean stripe, the J E R E. And then she was also wearing a shirt sweater that had fishes and dragonflies on it. But that was the least, you know. That was the least of her problems. She's rich, you know. Clothes aren't her problem. Walt's her problem. And she, you know, there. Walt's like, this isn't your problem. She's like, it is my problem, you know. And she wipes a tear away. They talk. She gets serious. And she's saying, how is this not my problem? And Walt gets very venomous, venom, venomous. And serious, uh, gracias, uh, verdad, gracias. And then Wall ends the real conversation. How he ends it, he's really cross. It's not, it doesn't end well. And then we're back with Jose. I notice he's got a real nice jacket on, too. So the back of his jacket, but sweet back of jacket. But then the mom gets a drop on Jose. She says, You should take a nap, Jose. While he's playing with the kid. And then Jose falls asleep and then she's yelling at him. But he's like, I, you know what? I'm so tired. You're right. I'm going right to sleep. Then we're back at Walt's house. He cracks open a beer. He's thinking. He's sipping beer. Uh, Cielo's watching him. She's like, buenos noches. Uh, and she, she, then she's like, hey, he's like, and then she's like, hey, what's up? And Walt's drinking Nevada beer, I put. And then Cielo seemed to either know something or had an old jealousy. I couldn't figure that out. And then she wants to know something. She seems exasperated as Walt tries to give her a simple explanation. I also started to do some kitchen analysis. They have three nice pieces of wall art in there. Real nice lamp. I don't know if I got any more notes on that, but uh, whatever Walt says to her, Cielo says no. And she doesn't believe it. And then even more attacks on rich people, it seemed like. Uh, she's like, what's up with rich people? Because rich people are all like, what? And then she's like, wait, are they not going to give us any more money? She seems sad. And Walt's kind of playing this hero victim role. He's really good at that. You know, working all those angles. And then we're at with Jose. He wakes up. And the guy, the husband, he's like sawing and drilling the APM, ATM machine. Jose's deadbolt's on the floor. He's like, hey, I could use this to, it's a magic deadbolt to get me and the kid out of here. But then the mom, she's an addict. She says, you know what, I don't care about any sense. I just want some more drugs. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything she, she, everything says, Jose says, well, the ATM says, hey, I'll give everybody money. Uh, if Jose leaves, leaves the kid, the, ideally he'll get uh, uh, help from the CPS. The addicts will get help. And the ATM seems to say, the ATM says, money solves all these problems. Don't worry about it. Call the proper authorities. Take the money. 
Everything's going to be fine. And Jose says, says, Jose says, thank you, ATM. And the ATM says, I sat on your friend, but that'll be fine. Here's some more money. Get this lady some help. Get the kid into some, you know, loving, supportive situation. And Jose, we'll need you probably for the next episode. So hit the road. And Jose says, what does ATM stand for? Loving money machine? And ATM says, don't think about it so much, buddy, and have a good one. And so Jose takes the money, and then ATM says, but don't, you don't want anybody to know you were here because, you know, they'll say, so cover, you know, get rid of your fingerprints first. So Jose does that, covers his tracks, calls 911, says, hey, I got a magic ATM. A couple people that need some loving support. And they say, no problem, loving support squad on the way. And they say, you're so neighborly. And Jose, Jose Miguel says, that you know, that's what I do. And then he, they say, hey, leave the kid outside so we can get, give him a hug first. And so Jose takes the kid outside. He says, hey, buddy, I'm going to play peekaboo here for a minute. And then the police are going to come and, and take you someplace nicer. And he rolls out, uh, I think Jose says, hey, it's going to be okay. And the kid looks after Jose as he goes out. And I noticed he had a nice sky and clouds blanket, and and that was the last image, sky and clouds in a blanket. So that's our first metastasis run through, thanks. All right, so we're talking about Breaking Bad, uh, Peekaboo, Season 2, Episode 6 already. Wow, we're really moving. Uh, but it opens with Je- a shot of Jesse. He's smoking. There's a loud train. Very atmospheric, as always. A loud train going by. There's a shot from the ground. Jesse's standing above us. There's a stop sign over his shoulder. Uh, utility poles and utility lines, and then there's a little buggy poo. And a nice bug, because Jesse hates, it makes Jesse smile, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He looks down, he smiles. I think he even reaches out to the bug, but then Skinny Pete shows up, and Skinny Pete does not like bugs. And he says, Bugs, I'm not a Buddhist. My name's Skinny Pete. You're, you're going to the bug farm in the sky. And then Jesse, he gives Jesse, Jesse's like, he says, yeah, I found, and Jesse's trying to read Skinny Pete's writing. He says, this is a five or an S. And then he's like, yeah, five S. And then Jesse's like, dude, you spelled streets wrong. And he spelled it uh, st- a street, street. I guess that makes sense. Street, street. And uh, Skinny Pete's like, I can't be about uh, spelling and shit. I'm a drug dealer. And notice they both had on Nick Caps, and then they talk about the guy's nickname. That's pretty funny. You you could you should watch it though, cause he he uh, he has a pretty dirty nickname. And Jesse's surprised by how, and, and he's like, you, 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 this guy with this weak nickname like stole some drugs from you. And Skinny Pete's like, you know, normally I would handle this myself, man, but I'm on probation. And then Jesse's in his car at the next scene. He's smoking, getting ready to go. He goes to the house that's covered in some graffiti, but pretty artistic. Or semi-artistic. Not art, but not just like a graffiti that a board 
artist or madman might uh, do. And Jesse knocks on the door. He's practicing his, you know, his sort of being, uh, what do you call sort of, What do they call that that I can't do? Uh, assertive. He's saying, I, I'm going to be assertive today. And But Jesse's pretty high, it seemed like, too. And then a male woman shows up. And he's blocking the mailbox. Now, this male woman probably, let's see what my exact knows, super cheery, nice male woman. But she was probably the night, one of the nicest male women I've ever seen. She says, honey, you're blocking the mailbox. And Jesse says, sorry. And she says, it's going to be a nice day. Jesse, this I thought was just, this line just stuck out. He says, yeah, high 70s. That was so Aaron Paul, Jesse, that he would, like, no one says, oh, yeah, it's going to be a nice day. Yeah, high 70s. Uh, but then Jesse goes in through a window. He falls down. He find a he found a prosthetic leg and a bunch of inhalers. He's waiting around. He meets this kid that lives there, a real nice kid who turns on like a shopping channel. Uh, Over-the-air shopping channels, which there is still, you know, I thought maybe since I went, I got rid of cable. I've been meaning to do an episode about uh, over-the-air TV. But there's a more, you say, geez, you're not going to miss the infomercials if you get rid of cable, I'll tell you that. I also noticed the couch was held together with uh, duct tape uh, in parts. And I said, well, that's, a, that's some good thinking, those, whoever did that. And the shopping channel, they were having a steel knockout sale. And then Jesse, uh, Jesse's like, hey, kid, what's your name? And he says, my name's Diesel. And he goes, don't you want to watch something else? But then, like we said, and he goes to change the channel. It's the only channel that works. But Jesse's like, don't you want something like, like Mr. Rogers? And then we have, uh, it's Walt's first day back. Uh, Skyler's listening to a message from uh, Skyler's so Marie. Marie's so funny. She's like, hey, just want to wish you got Walt a good day back. We'll be thinking about him teaching valences and covalences. Okay, that's all I remember. And I think Skylar was unpacking groceries, and then the next message is Gretchen. Uh, but then the next, the next call that comes in is Gretchen Schwartz, and she's like, Hey, I just got down from Santa Fe, hoping to see you all. And Walt's cell phone doesn't work, and Skylar picks up. And Skylar starts to explain everything to her, but of course this is part of Walt's grift, so Skylar's speechless when, uh, I mean, Gretchen's speechless as Skylar starts to thank her for everything. Because uh, Skylar's like, sorry, I've been putting this off, I've been meaning to call you and thank you, I just didn't know what to say. Uh, and, and Gretchen's trying to drive her car, you know, Skylar's just like, she really saved us. And then she has this cute moment. Uh, and the way she says it and, and, the, and the way it's written or the, 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 that she came up with. She says, she, I just want to finally say thank you. Uh, anyway, end of speech. I can't even do it how she did it, but it was great. And then uh, Gretchen's like, Jesus, what if I come see you right now? Let's, let's hang out. we we got to catch up. And then the next scene is uh, Walt teaching... He's talking about stuff that's way beyond me, polynes, I call it, trains, dual something. 
And Walt even says, Jesus, enough to make your head spin. But he goes, uh, just keep one element in mind, carbon. That's the center of it all. Without carbon, there's no life, uh, no universe. Uh, carbon, and then the principal comes in, and he says, carbon is carbon. And he says something about diamond being uh, carbon and the man who invented diamonds. And he goes, that's got your attention, right? The man who invented diamonds, Tracy Hall. Uh, Dr. Tracy, oh, he, made, he came up with a way to make synthetic diamonds. And then another theme of the show comes through and the episode of Walt's motivations via teaching. Because uh, he says, geez, these synthetic diamonds get used in everything. It's a billion dollar. And, you know, he worked for GE and they screwed him. You know, they made an incalculable amount of money and they gave him a $10 savings bond. And it, car, Carmen's face, carbon, 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 Carmen's. She says, she said, I don't know, this is a little bit out there. But then, well, it's like, you know, uh, say carbon paper to a carbon man for making something out of carbon. And then uh, Carmen and Walt have a meeting. And this always confused me in this series, this, uh, this particular meeting, maybe because I have a crush on Carmen. Uh, so you just find her very beautiful and attractive, but she also seemed very caring, but I couldn't, I, I, I remember seeing this, uh, seen a couple times and just not understanding the motive, the, the subtext of it. But she says, it's good to get your back, Walt. You're looking great. He's like, he's like, well, skinny, which is, that's not bad. And the hair, but she's like, it looks good. And she's like, you're feeling good? And he's like, I'm glad to be back. And she's like, we're happy too. And then she's, she gets vulnerable, but I didn't understand the vulnerability. She says, well, it's just good. It's great. And he's like, well, she's like, you can talk to me about anything, Walt. And he's like, because he's like, I'm detecting something else. She's like, you could talk to me about anything, anytime, completely confidential. And I never could read this, and maybe it's because I was drunk a lot of the time watching this, so maybe something happens later that I missed. But I couldn't figure out if she knew something, if she felt something for Walt, if she just, you know, related to his position, and she was just a really caring person. But it was that extra moment where she said, he says, even Walt detects, he says, something's going on here, and I'm not saying romantic. But it could, I mean, I guess that's what I was thinking, just because I'm like, oh, Carmen's beautiful. Uh, but uh, it could be something, more, you know, plot-related or, uh, like, Skylar's reaching out to Walt, his last chance to say, just tell me what's going on. Maybe she's trying to save Walt, I don't know, but and I don't know if it ever gets paid off or it's one of those things... That they had an idea, and then it, but but who knows? But it's just some of the scene that always stuck out to me, so I just had to talk about it a little bit there. Uh, but then after that meeting, we have uh, uh, Walt and Flynn walking over. It's like, yo, Flynn, and then Walt finds the uh, picture of him on his windshield that says, uh, I'm missing my pants, I'm buck naked, or something. He's yelling, and we have this weird thing between uh, uh Walt Jr., Flynn. And where Walt just is, uh, 
talks about what he would do if he knew who, you know, he's like, I think I know, and and he he just seems a little bit darker. And he says, what do you say we get the kid who did this? And Walt Jr. first, he's like, yeah, and then Walt's like, no, no, I'm just kidding, what do you say? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he goes, just like in the movies, right? And then we have, uh, oh, no, that scene comes after. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, we have Jesse and the kid eating a fluff sandwich, and Jesse starts playing peekaboo with him. And then the parents get home, and Jesse says, hey, stay in your room. I got to I gotta go deal with your parents. I got to talk. You know, I gotta, I've had some assertiveness training uh, because, you know, I had to deal with this Don, Donald Trump-like character who's running for president, Tuco, but he went to live on a farm, so don't worry. But I had to learn some assertiveness. And I still have more to learn, but I'm gonna practice on your folks. And he asks them to be quiet with with strong language. There's a dog barking. Then we have Walt and Flynn talking about the suspects or old western. They get home, and there's a a, a what do you call it? Bentley? I think or a, I thought I wrote it down, but one of those real you know the cars that you you know no one buys except for you know maybe celebrities. Like cars that are just unbelievably expensive. I, th- I don't think it's a Bentley, though. I think it's, uh, I'll, maybe I'll think of it. It is one of those ones. I think on Entourage they got them on the show back in the day. But it says Gray Matter on the license plate or MTR. And then Flynn goes in and Skyler says, Hey, yeah, this is Flynn, Miss Schwartz. And he, she goes, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And she goes, oh, Walt, what a surprise. You're looking good. Walt adds a shocker. He goes, yeah, it was for Scott says, yeah, it was for me. And then I love, she says, you have a very good-shaped head, Walt. And I said, Jesus, this is the kind of thing uncomfortable people say, but that's brilliant. You have a good-shaped head. She said, she's, no wonder she works at Gray Matter. And I'm not sure if she patted him on the head for luck, or I imagine that, or something. And then Walt Jr. Flynn gives her a really heartfelt thank you, and there's no way to repay them. And Gretchen's trying to be all smiles, but she's like, I gotta get out of here because this is super uncomfortable. And Skyler's like, come back for dinner, bring Elliot for sure. And then Walt, he doesn't walk out of the car at first, but then he's like, oh, you know what, uh, I, I, gotta, I think I gotta tell her something, which I think is delayed, maybe Skylar was like, what, and he's like, hey, hey, oh, she, I think she says, hey, yourself, uh, so coolly, and then she just drives off, uh, yeah, he says, hey, she says, hey, yourself, and then she, he, he tries to talk, but she's just, she's like, I'm out. And then they have a shot of the big sky, which was gorgeous. And then we have another comedic, you know, dark comedy scene with Jesse and the kids' parents, uh, where Jesse's Diesel or whatever. He's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I need you. I need my money." And the guy's like, "Well, I bumped my head. It hurts. I'm seeing double." And they're talking about what you do in case of a concussion. And Jesse searches them. He's like, I told you. He goes, the guy goes, I told you, Diesel, we don't have anything. And Jesse's like, that's not possible. So he searches everywhere. And then he finds, uh, you know, one of them has uh, one, one thing, another has another. 
in the they go uh, division of labor. I thought that they said, geez, one person's holding uppers, one person's the downers. But Jesse's like, well, where's the rest of my stuff? And then he's like, I'm not joking around. This is a serious situation. And Jesse also says something like, hey, I'm I'm so serious. Uh, uh, something about his cranial, oh, something about a cranial that was hilarious. I forgot what that was. Oh, the guy goes, I got a headache, it's turning cranial. And Jesse goes, I'll give you a cranial. Uh, but this writing is just so good. So then he's like, hey, come out in the back. Uh, and Jesse's like, you know, I'm going to do intervention here if you don't give me my money. You know, no more drugs ever. And he's like, yeah, you got, we got it out here. And he goes, he goes, man, we got this ATM. He goes, uh, she's like an aunt, as he's referring to his girlfriend. Well, he's like, she can lift 100 times her own weight. And the guy's like, this is, he goes, Jesse's like, this is my bank. He goes, don't worry, it's FIDC insured, a victimless crime. And he's like, we got this out of a barn, smooth as silk. And uh, he's like, we roll like the breeze. And we see, we know it's like, Jesus, this guy's not always telling the truth. And then the guy's trying to get into the ATM. And he's like, I'm about to get in. And Jesse's like, I thought you knew what you were doing. He's like, well, I've broken, I've gotten six, but I've never gotten one open. This is our lucky number seven. And then Jesse gives a parenting, some parenting tips. Uh, he's like, where's the kids? They're like, oh, we're, you know, we're around. He, you know, he's around the house. And he's like, uh, you got to give him some good food and a bath. And put some baby powder on him. That was great. And get him a decent TV show. And, you know, mom's like, well, geez, I'm, I'm an addict, you know. And Jesse's like, well, that still doesn't cut it. And then the next scene is this white tablecloth restaurant, very fancy lunch spot with Walt and Gretchen. And the camera moves slowly across the restaurant to get to their table. And it's a nice, nice back and forth. Because uh, Walt's like, you didn't tell, did you tell Elliot? She's like, not yet. And he's like, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to decide. And then... Uh, well, it's like, well, let me tell you my side of the story. This is a bad, you know, my unfortunate, you know, fortunate thing. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, tell me why. He's like, well, that's not the issue. And she's like, well, why'd you lie to us? And he's like, I didn't lie. And she's like, well, you said your insurance. And then, you you know, you told them you were paying for it. And he goes, this isn't an issue that concerns you, Gretchen. And she goes, excuse me? Yeah, it concerns me. She goes, you involve me in your lies. And, you know, it's a big lie. They thought, you know, I helped when I didn't. And Walt's like, I'll take care of it. And, you know, just it's, this is my business. And she's like, again, you need to explain this to me. This keeps happening to Walt. Which you think is interesting as an audience member on her second time around, like where everybody's trying to understand. And I guess we as the audience are trying to understand, too, where these characters are saying, hey, well, help me understand what the hell's going on here. And they're talking about the actual action. We're also trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this guy's brain, you know? He's breaking bad. But Walt's like, I'm going to explain the whole thing to my family. She's like, well, explain it to me. And he's like, I only owe you an apology, and I apologize. I'll say it again. I have now apologized twice. Sorry. Uh, Sorry again. That's three. 
And she's like, I just don't understand. We, you know, we offered to pay for no strings attached. And then you, you say no, but then create a why involving us. And now you're saying that's not my business. And Walt's like, yep. And she says, what happened to you, Walt? And Walt, he says, oh, whoa, excuse me, magic checkbook. You know, Jesus, you know, I should just beg you for charity. He goes, you and Elliot cut me out. And she goes, that can't be how you see it. And he goes, that was my research that you guys got rich off of. And she goes, no, I can't believe that. And he goes, oh, you're so innocent. And she goes, you're the one who ditched me. He goes, oh, so innocent, sweet, and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, you left on 4th of July. You know, you you're, you wouldn't talk to me and you broke out of there. And he goes, oh, so you, you build an entire, but you still stole my research. You know, you can't, you know, and then she goes, you abandoned us, me and Elliot. And then Walt cuts it deep. He says, you're just a poor little rich girl getting richer. And she's, she cuts right back. Walt's weak spot. She says, you know what? I, I, I feel sorry for you, Walt. And he says, fuck you. And the episode, I mean, you say, geez, that was intense. That was good. And then it just gets, it gets more delicious, the Walt and Gretchen thing. But then we get back with Jesse and the mom, and Jesse still won't let it drop, you know. He, and they start shaming, you know, shame a mother. Like, if, if you don't want, I mean, you, you can, but just be prepared for the consequences. And she takes action. She says, Jesse, you, you need to take a nap. And he says, oh, and she says, I have a magic nap spell here with spell wand. And she says, take a nap. And he takes a nap. And she yells at him. And I think that was during a peekaboo session. And then we're back in, in uh, Walt's at home. He's drinking a beer. Skylar comes in. And it is a great scene from beginning to end because she says, uh, she says, should I ask you where I've been? I guess we're beyond that now. She goes, Gretchen called. We got to talk. And Walt's like, oh, boy, say it. And, and, and then it's like the grift, a double grift or whatever. She, she says they're cutting off the money. And we'll say, what, what? And she says she didn't say anything. Or she just said, uh, we can't keep paying for Walt's treatment. And you can feel Walt concocting the lies. Because she says, oh, geez, that's it. You know, she sounded apologetic and quick and got off the phone. And Scott was like, I was stunned, but I called her. She wouldn't answer. She goes, so what, what the hell happened? She, you know, everything seemed fine today. And then you talk to her in the driveway, and now the money's gone. And Walt says, well, uh, that's where I'm coming home from, you know. I went out to talk to them, her and Elliot. And she was trying to tell us, but she could, you know, that they're broke. He goes, and she's like, Scott's like, what? He's like, you know, rich people, he says, they're cash poor. And they're leveraging or something. And uh, Scott's like, no. And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, this is this. so this is back in, uh, right, I think right before or right after, so this is during the big, uh, uh, depression we had right, you know, right before Obama became president. I guess, I don't know. 
or it's taking place then. And Skyler's like, I wish you would have just told me. And he goes, well, they're prideful people. Oh, Walt, so delicious. And Walt says, we're going to make it. Don't worry. And then Skyler says, and she still drives the Bentley. That was the name of the car, Bentley. And Walt says, keeping up appearances. Oh, I also forgot. Uh, when they sat down to talk, they sat on the couch with the Afghan. Two different color browns and a red and a tan were the colors there. And I just love that it was uh, how good Walt that he was had. Or, and when he realized, he goes, huh. And then he sat back and he tapped his right thigh as he was thinking of Eliza tell Skylar, but it was just great. He's like, huh. And then we're back with Jesse in the ATM and, and you know, some stuff happens at the house. And Jesse says, well, she said, let me take the money out of the ATM and go. And he says, let me take care of the, he goes, let me set this kid up. He goes, hey, kid, come outside. He goes, your mom, your mom and dad, you know, they, they need some medical assistance to get off these drugs. And you should probably be, you know, he goes, just stay here. The authorities are going to come and take good care of you, I hope. And he says, you have a good rest of your life, kid. And then the kid, you know, waits for the authorities to come and rescue him. And Jesse heads off into the night, a little bit like a hero, I guess. Uh, 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 at least in this case, it came up. Things worked out semi-decent for Jesse. Uh, so and that's the, that was the end of the episode. All right, next up is the red pen run-through. Mostly words, but a few notes. Entonces, de heime, wego, disque. Okay, that was the nickname of the guy in uh, in Spanish or Colombia. Uh, he says, De un poque haber manda. I noticed that Jesse, uh, Jose Miguel was smoking with a big lighter, a disposable lighter, but not a big, like one of those bigger, like a Zippo size one. I know I've seen those before, but I don't know what brand they are. Uh, with some designs on it, uh, and right down. But I also noticed he had a, a steering wheel cover on his car, and it was one of those ones with the studs for her, his and her pleasure, uh, driving pleasure. Uh, that joke didn't work. And then again, I said the Oshkosh. It says on the door. It said Triangle K, Triangle S H. Wow, which to me is is some sort of a pictogram for Oshkosh. And KMAP, so no, la vie, la vie, lo mismo, alguien, baconcito, besitos, pensando, que peña, de dolor de cabeza. Uh, Walt in his classroom made a big periodic table, huge. And to confirm what I said earlier, there was a bird-like student uh, with his pen in his mouth, or just his pen cap. Sigue uh, Carmen es Carbon. Uh, Diamantes for Diamonds, Las Brocas, Quetal. Uh, Walt hates the injustice completamente injusto. Uh, nosotros bastamante. Uh, bastante, pasa algo, cal 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 
Uh, Pirata Morgan, that's what Walt says about uh, Walt Jr.'s new name. Pirata Morgan, Pirate Morgan, uh, Ben Ben Bamos, Cayo Pirobos, Alacanes, Quien Sabe, Conocerte, Que Gusto Verte, No Te Vas Mal. Uh, tu bolso, claro que si, mientras, uh, que va a decir que se pare, uh, bocillos de atrás, uh, suavena, uh, that's some suave, uh, carajo, uh, le da asco, ahí falta despacio, cobran ayudo, Testigos, oh, that might be your testicles. Uh, pasando, no va a poder, no me diga para. Oyo, abrace. Esto sirve para más que meterle. Uh, droga, compele, comida, cubo. I looked that up. That's slang for something, but I don't remember what it's slang for. I think, like, what's up, but I'm not positive. Uh, or, no, maybe up late or something, because then I noticed there's a TV channel over the air that has that same name. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out, though, later. Exactamente, eso justo, lo siento mucho, de este, ellos... Conmovida, Debo, Disculpa, Iban Trace. I think that's what's saying. I apologize three times. Uh, Orgulo, that was interesting. Mentria, uh, Tu no eres así, Decirle. Siento mucho que estas así. Me das lastima. Vente. A la mierda. That's what Walt says to her at the end. Bente a la mierda. Uh, then we get a little hagale levantarse. A uh, Walt fridge I wrote here. It's a clean silver. There's a J and a W. Those, uh, you know, little kids used to play with those magnets, letter magnets. Uh, the J is green, the W is blue. Uh, there, uh, over further away from where Walt was standing, there was a coral like you or a C. There's a bunny magnet that looked a little bit like a sticker. An apple, like a, a three-dimensional apple and three-dimensional shoe, maybe. A uh, beer, oh, beer opener, bottle opener. Uh, circle accent tiles around the kitchen, like with uh, interesting circle accent tiles. And then I was studying the art, the piece art number one, the centerpiece is white with uh, pink flowers off center. Uh, possible blossoms because art number three to the right has more pink flowers and a tree branch. And those two pieces of art, they look like some sort of stitched art or, you know, whatever that's called, cross stitching or something. And my, my guess is cherry or apple blossoms. They have brown frames. Uh, different tone to the brown frames, but pretty close. And then they have like a, whatever that mat's called. You got to pay extra for that normally. And that's how you know it's like decent art. Oh, you got a frame and that extra square shit. That's some fucking art you got now. You must have paid money for that and not a 
print it out on your brick. Like I do print stuff out of my printer. Even now at my age, I like to decorate with stuff printed or, you know, print a photo at Walgreens. Or uh, I'll just hang up some art that I got on National Geographic. So, uh, so, but, so I, but those mat things I know are important. And then the other piece of art, the left art, that I call art piece number two. Uh, Blanco House Kitchen Art number two is a different, it's in a gray frame, it's a different style, very bu busier than the other two. Looks like there could be something bright colored on their birds, but it's divided by a gray river rock or mass. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout to see, you know, figure out more about that, but, you know, that, that's a little bit about their kitchen art. Um, uh, but that's about it about their art for now. Para, para El Teco. Subio, Nebulo, or something, Sarasu Madre, Pedirle. At some point, when Jose Miguel's making, figuring out stuff at the house, there's a strange, like, few seconds slow mo, like almost a strobe effect. It was for effect, but I said, well, it's a strange effect. Uh, hopefully, I'm looking up the words. I'll look up the uh, the notes, the bills, uh, paper money at Columbia. Uh, Jose get out, gets on a red phone. He says, "Zulo por favor." And then Tapate and Trentor mejor. And that's the end of the red pen run through. Thanks. Right, hey, it's time for our language learning portion. Before we got into the words, I wanted to, I've been meaning to add some new vowel, proper pronunciation of vowels. Uh, Alexandra's been, uh, emailed me about how to do that. And the first one we've been trying to learn is O, O, which is just O, o where you cut it off. O, O. And I figured we'd try to learn A and E because I figured, well, geez, I'm behind, you know, 13 episodes, one vowel. You know, so A, the vowel A is ah, 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 I believe, like aha, but just, just cut out like ah. So just the first part of aha, ah, and then the vowel E, it looks like is eh, eh, like almost like A, eh, 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 eh. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. And you know, anybody, I'm doing it wrong. Feel free, I'm not being sarcastic. Feel free to correct me. I want to learn and help people learn. Uh, you know, while helping people sleep. So let's just start it off right here with, eh, and and don't say, and don't say. Maybe I should just stick with the beginning of the words because, yeah, for now, get the first vowel. Let's yeah, shoot for the first a e or o right. How's that sound? Uh, that's so in tonces. In eh, 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 in tonces, eh, tonces. Uh, de heme. Eh, de heme. Uh, let me. De heme. Wego. Wego. Later, dude. Wego. Dizke. Diz, dizke. Uh, supposedly. Uh, supposedly I'm supposed to be learning some Spanish here. Dizke. Aver, we know we should. I should have known that, but I, I still had to. I said, no, I don't know. Let's see. Because there's Aver, Aver, a Roborone. 
which doesn't sound like a, a let's see, let's see a Roborone. So maybe a fair means something different every, in different situations. But this situation, Google Translate said it means let's see. Uh, which is funny to see uh, Aver, what Aver means. Let's see what Aver means. Aver. Uh, Aver on first. Aver. Uh, no, is Aver on first. Uh, that's why I'm looking. Aver, Aver. I'm trying to figure that out if Aver is on first. You want to know who's on first. Aver. So you do you want to see who's on first? See, that would be another way to learn Spanish. I wonder uh, who has the rights to some of that old comedy stuff. We could do that in Spanish. Uh, because that wasn't that hilarious and full of education there. Uh, ver, manda, manda commands. Uh, que me piso, no. I tread on me, not. Uh, don't tread on me. Maybe it means uh, I don't tread on I. No, that would be no K M P so I thought K was what though. Uh, again, we're only dealing with you know, one of the biggest you know, it's Google Translate, but it's not Google this isn't a human being. Uh Lobby, Lobby, I saw, I saw, Lo Mismo, the same. How's scooter Spanish? Uh, lo Mismo. Poquito improvianto. But mostly Lo Mismo. Because uh, he he already forgot to do the A's and the E's. Alguien, ah ah, alguien. There you go, buddy. Somebody is listening. Uh, alguien, baconcito, baconcito, uh, baconcito. Uh, that that means some, that's slang for like little 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 buddy, little brother, a little cool guy. I think. Uh, besitos. How about you give me some kisses? Uh. For, for for trying to pronounce these words right, huh, maiden? Besitos, uh, pasando. She she's thinking about it, even though she's a goddess and she's not here for real. You know, she's up there in uh, the seventh heaven or wherever the gods old and new hang out during the uh, between seasons. Pasando, she's thinking about it. Pensando, actually, pe, pe, pensando, pe, pensando, que, peña, que, peña. Oh, what a pity, Scooter. Yeah, if you only knew the half of it, de dolor de cabeza. Da dolor de cabeza. It's a headache. Uh, Sige, you, you follow? You follow what I'm saying, Sige? Uh, uh, Diamante diamonds are forever, forever. Like diamonds in diamantes in the cielo. Uh, your bacon cito like diamantes in the cielo. Ooh, eat yo. A little bit is, you know, that's just, you think about it in 20 or 30 episodes, I'll be able to do that. And you'll say, well, Mondo is the same. Is that right? Did I use Mondo correctly at least? I don't know, I can't find my spot, um... Uh, but I say Las Brocas, it's like bits, like like little bits of, uh, little bits of wisdom. Ketal, what's up? How are you? How you doing? Completamente unjusto, completely unfair, completely mispronunciated. Uh, Bastamante, no idea. 
I used to work with a Mr. Bustamante a long, long time ago, Mr. Bustamante. But that's that's Bastamante there, Bastamate. Ba, uh, is that right? A, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Like pa, sa, ah, uh, go. Pa, sa, I'll go. Uh, that means something happens. But if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, well, something happens. Uh, scooter, uh, Calcier, anyone? Anyone, any, that's just any, though. Calcier, Calcier. Uh, Pirata, uh, Pirata Morgan, uh, Pirate Morgan. Ben, Ben, vamos, come, come, let. Come, ladies, come, come, ladies. Is it a bit, a bit, a bit of something? I learned some Spanish lately. Uh, ben, Ben, vamos, Ben, Ben, vamos. Uh, Cayo, it says K. Perobos, I always get, let's look that one up live here. P-I-R-O-B-O-S. Okay, according to this form over here, it means uh, it's a bad word. Uh, possibly uh, against someone's uh, sexual orientation or race. So, uh, so it looks like it is a degradating term, so we'll try to avoid that one. Well, but now I'm just opening new tabs here. So we learned, I guess, whoa, there's egg on my face. Uh, but, you know, I didn't know, and Google Translate didn't know. So uh, what about this alacranes, uh, scorpion? Uh, I feel like I have scorpions in my pride now. Alacranes. Ah, 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 Quien sabe? Who knows, man? It was a mistake. Who knows? Quien sabe? Well, who knows how many times I said it before I looked it up? Well, not well. You know, because every time I saw the word, I thought of that uh, actress Piper Perobo or something was her name, right? She was in uh, she was in a couple rom coms. You know, I mean, I do know who you mean, and uh, I don't know if that's her name, but you know, can we move on? Sure. Quien uh, sabe? Who knows? Cono uh, certe, Piper. It's, it's nice to meet you, Cono certe. Uh, que gusta verte, they, they like to see, you know, me get recover from my mistakes. Que gusta verte. Uh, no te base mal. You don't look bad. You know, it, 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 you know don't worry about it. Uh, can I take two bolso, your bag? Can I take two bolso, your bag? Uh, claro, KC. Of course you can. Claro, KC. Uh, how come you haven't learned that? That would be more embarrassing than... Yeah, you saying a slang word, isn't that? Knowing Claire OKC, yeah, well, I'm learning. Uh, of course I'm learning. Mientras, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's good to see you. You uh, no te base mal. Que va a decir, you will say, que se pare, it stops, bocios of back. Bocios de atras, a while is out of your back pockets, I think that means. Uh, suave, suavena, I don't know. Carajo, we know what that means. Uh, carajo off is the way it would be used. Get the carajo out of here. Vle uh, de asco, it will suck if you don't. Vle uh, de asco. Uh, he falta, there's missing. They're missing. T H E R E, missing. Uh, 
Uh, despacio, slowly, slowly. Try to talk a little slower. Slowly, despacio. Uh, I think that means listen, but the way I spelled it was wrong. Testigos. I thought that was testicles, honestly. It's witnesses. Can you believe that's a, that's, that's a, that's a hilarious mix-up? Especially when I was at court that one time in a Spanish-speaking, they said, uh, are you bringing any testigos? And I said, of course, you know, two. Unless you know something I don't, uh, Your Honor. And then they, they said, K? K? They said, uh, those testigos. And then I started, I said, well, no more like it was one or two. She doesn't okay four. I said, it was six now. Uh, six, six testigos aquí. And then they, I said, I said, have you have you heard my routine uh, about who's on first or whatever? And they said, testigos? Seis testigos o do, dos. And I said, aquí or aquí? And then they, that's when I grabbed myself and that was the end, you know. New char- no trial. They said, no trial for this one. Uh, so that's good to know. For this day forward, I know testigos is witnesses. I did, up until this moment, I'm not kidding. I didn't. I thought it was testicles. Testigos. In testicles. But it's witnesses, unless you're witness. You know, we say, oh boy, those witnesses. Those testigos. They say, wish you boys seen more, but, uh, you know, you've seen a lot. Uh, like we see nothing. We we don't know what you know. We I said you're the best witnesses ever. Depending on you know, and they said well, what will we witness, Scooter? And uh, anyway, they said and they just told me hey hey give up on the testicles material, and I said uh, sure, uh, but I and I said I lost my place. I need a testigo to help me. Oh, pasando, I'm going to move on. Pasando, going, pa sa. No. Uh, no ba a poder. He will not be able uh, uh, to. Uh, and then another derogatory word, para. Uh, no me diga. And para got used a lot. Oh, yo, I thought it meant look at me or listen to me. Abrace seer. Uh, I don't know if that's right. Esto sirve para mas. That serves to put him more than droga, drug, uh, comida, food, cuobo. I looked this one up last week and I still know it. Q-U-I-U-B-O. Uh, it could be, we could be in for another embarrassment. Okay, so that one, Q-U-Q, that means just what's up or what's up or what happened. Q-Hobo. And I think I was saying last week, there's a channel here, late night cartoon channel. I think it's called Q-Hobo. It's in English. It's like cartoons for stoned people or drunk people. I used to watch it a lot. And now they don't drink every once in a while. It turns out it's still great. It's got random, uh, random strange cartoons on there from the past. So check that out if you have any antenna. It might not be that. That might not be the name of that work, but that's what I think it is. And they would say exactamente, and I would say no, not exactly, exactamente. I would say whatever the opposite of exactamente is. And they'd say eso, that, and I'd say eso, that. And I'd say gusto, boys, be gusto with me, be fair with me. Lo siento mucho, I'm I'm very sorry uh, for for the mix-ups this week, lo siento mucho.
And they would say, ellos, they? And I would say, what, my uh, testigos? Which testigos were we talking about? The old testigos or the new ones? And they would say, testigos nueva? Uh, and I would say, oh boy, hmm. And I think I would say, uh, I would say, cuando is which maybe? Okay, uh, how much? Okay, I wish I knew that. And they would say, con movida, to move. And i say, no, no, you know, well, move with me. Uh, Debo, I must disculpa say I'm sorry again for that. Ivan Tracing, go three, put aside my orgulo, my pride, orgulo. Um, but, but but maybe be like Walton to slip in a little mentria, mentira, mentira lies. Uh, but two no eres, I see. You are not like that, listeners, dear listeners. Two no eres, I see. Uh, de cierte, to, to tell me, you know, tell me the truth. Uh, siento mucho que estas así, sir, so, you're so sorry. Uh, me de lastima, I feel sorry. Uh, verte a la mierda, that's what Walt says as he leaves. And that is like an insult, he says, I'll see you later, you, uh, carajo. And Hagali, go ahead, make my, Hagali, make, uh, go ahead, make my day. Hagali, make the dia. Uh, levantase, are you going to rise up? Maybe. Uh, but, but, but where are you going to rise up? Uh, para el tic-taco for the roof. I'm going to raise the roof here. But para el teco, I need to raise the roof because it can't hold us. The ceiling uh, can't hold us, uh. Levantase so much, Parateco can't, Para El Teco can't hold us. Para El Teco can't hold us. Agale me. That's make scooter. Well, you know. Subio, I went up to the roof, uh, to the Teco. Subio, check it. It it held us, you know. And it held out the rain, which was great. Uh, Nibelo, I level, I level up. If, you know, if I check the roof, my roof-checking skills may level up in Nibelo. Uh, Sarah Sumadre, you know, something your mother, uh, Sarah Sumadre. What, why? Because I, I said the roof can, did hold us? I didn't say the ceiling can hold us. I just said the ceiling did hold us after it held us, you know. I wasn't against it oh, not holding us. You know what I mean? And they say, well, the next time, Padirle, ask me first, okay? I say, okay, sure, sure, I hear you. Uh, I want to talk about the Colombian uh, money just real quick because it was, you know, it's come up in more than one episode, and I wanted to, you know, learn a little bit about Colombia and, you know, the money that came out of the ATM, but we've seen it before. I said, who's on that money? Who's that money? You know, who's that money person? Uh, so I head over to Wikipedia. Colombian peso, according to Wikipedia, uh, is the uh, currency of Colombia, uh, informally abbreviated COL dollar sign. Uh, however, the official uh, symbol is just a dollar sign. Uh, as of uh, July 26, 2015, according to this, the exchange rate is uh, about 2850 2850 pesos to $1. Uh, U.S. Yeah, we'll run through the pesos, uh, replace the real, uh, 
in the 1800s. 1871, Colombia went on the gold standard and pegged the pesos to the franc, the French franc. But that only lasted two years because of printing press inflation. Then they pegged it to the pound and some other stuff. Uh, they left the gold standard, I think, uh, when the UK did in 31. Uh, let's see, modern... I don't want to, there, there's a lot of coins, but uh, I don't know if I want to, uh, let's talk about the banknotes and maybe we'll go back to the coins. Banknotes. Uh, and between uh, 1857 and 1885, of Columbia's provinces uh, issued paper money in uh, 10, 50 centavos, and then in different pesos denominations. Uh, then uh, in the 1860s, I skipped that. Uh, between 1865 and 1923, 60 private banks. Oh, that's a great idea. Issued notes uh, in different denominations. And then in 1881, Banco Nacional introduced notes for 20 centavos, uh, 1, 5, 10, 20, 50, and 100 pesos. Uh, then in 82, 15 centavo notes and 10 centavos in 85. Uh, 1,000 peso notes in 1885, 500 and 1900. In 1904, Treasury took over money production. And then in 23, Banco La Republica took over. Uh, but it looks like currently uh, there's a currently cir- circulating banknotes are the thousand pesos bill, who has uh, Jorge Elisir Gaitan on the on it, on both both halves, one side in, in a crowd, and then the two thousand uh, pesos has Francisco de Paula Santan San. Santander, Santander, Francisco de Paula Santander. And on the back it has the door of the Casa de la Moneda. And then on the 5,000th pesos it has Jose Asuncion Silva. And on the back it has Outdoors and a fragment of the poem Nocturnal. That's interesting. Uh, and the 10,000 pesos it has uh, Policarpa. Sala Viertira, and on the back has a Guayadas uh, main plaza, the birthplace of Policarpa uh, Sala Barrita. And then at 20,000 pesos, it has Julio Gravito Amero, and on the back has the moon, as in a, a reference to the Gravity, Gra, Garavito Crater. Garavito is his name, I'm sorry. And then in the 50,000 pesos, Jorge Isaacs, and then on the back, a photograph of La Maria. So that's a little bit about their bank notes. I, I just want to look up a little bit. Maybe we could look into this more, of, uh, you know, again, some of the history of some of these uh, wonderful people. But I just want to touch on it real quick. Uh, I guess that didn't do us any real well. We know it's a peso. And anyway, yeah, let's look up the first person Jose Eliser Gaitan uh, was a politician, populist politician, high school education minister, and a labor minister, major, mayor of Bogota. 
and a charismatic leader of the Liberal Party. Uh, unfortunately, he 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 was sent to a farm by people that were you know not for him. Uh, in in forty eight April forty eight, when he was it was speculated he would have been become president. Uh, and this was before uh, some insurrection took place in '48. Uh, Doctor Gaetan w- was against the use of violence and uh, he wanted to elect a left-wing government. Repudiated the uh, communist revolutionary re- approach of uh, the Cold War era. And unfortunately, when he was he was lost, it, it led to a period of uprising between conservatives and liberals. And facilitated, uh, according to Wikipedia, you know, uh, a lot, lot, a lot of loss. And of course, there's a lot of history about, about what would cause that thing. But it sounds like he was a popular hero. And here's the legacy: uh, Gaetan is a popular myth. As Gaetan was not able to have a proper funeral because of the chaos that followed his passing. His relatives uh, put him to rest at his own house, known as the House Museum Jorge Elisir Gaetan, where he still rests to this day. A popular story, perhaps apocryphal, relates that during a debate with a conservative candidate, Gaetan asked him how he made his living, and the guy said, from the land. And Gaetan asked him, well, how'd you get this land? And the guy said, well, I inherited it from my father. And Gaetan said, well, where did he get it from? He said, well, he inherited it from his father. And then he said, well, where did his father get it? He said, well, you know, from his father. He said, well, where did his father get it from his father? And where did his father? He said, well, we stole it from the indigenous people. Somebody along the line did. And then Gaetan said, well, she said, well, we give some of this land back to these people we took it from. And they said, well, you know, uh, obviously we don't go, you know, uh, the big wheel just keeps on turning, I guess, as they would say. Yeah, or the Khaleesi would say, well, let's just break that big wheel then. But it sounds like this guy's a hero, so I'm glad we looked it up. Uh, and that's Jorge Elisir, Elisir uh, Gaetan, and he's on the 1,000th peso note, which we probably see a lot of in uh, Breaking Bad, so, or Metastasis. So that's cool. Uh, thank you.